This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Well, that was special. That was just wonderful. Uh, You know, someone comes to do a special music and gets up with no introduction of music and no background of music and this wonderful blessing where you can understand and hear every word and every word comes and ministers to you. That was just wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, if you take your Bibles, please, now and turn to Zechariah chapter 7. Zechariah 7, as we're on our way marching through the book of Zechariah, we're at chapter 7, so... Zechariah 7, let's, um, let's pray. Jesus, Jesus, you are the Son of God. Jesus, Jesus, you're everything to us. Lord, help us now as we, as we open your word and read about you, study about you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Zechariah chapter 7. It came to pass in the fourth year of King Darius that the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah on the fourth day of the ninth month, even in Kislu, when they had sent unto the house of God Sherezah, Regamelech, and their men to pray before the Lord and to speak unto the priests which were in the house of the Lord of hosts and to the prophets, saying, Should I weep in the fifth month, separating myself as I have done these many years, so many years? Then came the word of the Lord of hosts unto me, saying, Speak unto all the people of the land of the priests, saying, When ye fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh month, even those 70 years, did ye at all fast unto me, even to me? And when ye did eat, when ye did drink, did ye did not eat for yourselves, drink for yourselves? Should you not hear the words which the Lord hath cried by the former prophets when Jerusalem was inhabited in prosperity and the cities 
thereof round about her when men inhabited the south of the plain. And the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Ye execute true judgment, show mercy, compassion to every man to his brother, oppress not the widow, nor the fatherless, the stranger, nor the poor, and let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. But they refused to hearken, pulled away the shoulders, stopped their ears that they should not hear. Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts had sent by it in his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Therefore, as it has come to pass, as he cried, they would not hear, so they cried, and I would not hear, saith the Lord of hosts. But I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations whom they knew not. Thus the land was desolate after them that no man passed through nor returned, for they laid the pleasant land desolate. Now we start this chapter with an event, a very important event, an event that was so important that it was marked out by Zechariah when this event happened. He marked out the year, he marked out the month, he marked out the day of this event. It was that momentous. In verse one, it came to pass in the fourth year of King Darius that the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah in the fourth day of the ninth month, even in Kislev. The event was the word of the Lord came to Zechariah at that time. And when we read a verse like verse one, we're so tempted to just skip over it with an, oh well, just another introduction to what we're gonna have come next. But verse one is giving us some very important information. Let me try to explain it by way of an example. Now, I don't know about you, but I like to get mail, not junk mail, I mean real mail. I mean real mail, the type, you know, the type that comes in the mailbox, remember those things? <laughs> you know, in 1958, when I was eight years old, I did a project that lasted for two months with my mom. My mom helped me to write to every one of the 50 states in the country. And I wrote a letter with the help of my mom to the Secretary of State for each one of the 50 states that make up the United States. And my letter was the following. My name is Tommy Cant. I was Tommy at that time, by the way. You only know me as Tom. Don't start calling me Tommy. <laughs> but that's how I was known. My name is Tommy Cantor, and I'm eight years old, and I would like to receive from you information about your state. I am interested to learn what your state bird is, what your flag looks like, what is your state tree, what is your state flower, what is your state, where is your state capital, what is your state coat of arms? What are your state colors? What is your state fish? What are some famous people who were born in your state? What is your state song? What is your state motto? 
What does your state seal look like? Who is your state governor? And what are some important uh, historical events that happened in your state? Wasn't much. <laughs> I was just asking for 14 pieces of information as if the people in the office of the Secretary of State had nothing more important to do than to answer an eight-year-old squirt asking them for 14 pieces of information. I'll bet you didn't even know that each state had all that. Well, as an eight-year-old kid, I found out that each state did have that, and that's why I wrote to all 50 states and asked them to mail me that information. And my mom and I, we made a list of those 50 states, and in the list, we put the date that we sent the letter to each state and the date we got the letter back from each state. And that date that we got the response back was very important because every day my mom and I would go down and we'd look at that list and we checked off those states when we got responses and the date of the response. And I can tell you, we got replies from all 50 states. It was amazing, but it was fantastic. And do you know why I did that? I did that just so I could get mail. <laughs> because every day it was so exciting for me to run down to the mailbox and see what mail I got. And some of those states took my request very seriously and I got big envelopes and sometimes glossy pictures and all kinds of information about the state and yet, some of the states looked at my letter and said, oh, some eight-year-old kid? What does he think? We have all this extra time to get all this together and send it to him. But over about a two-month period, every state responded, and I got 50 responses in the mail. And I was an eight-year-old kid, and I felt so important <laughs> of getting these 50 packets in the mail not that this Jewish kid suffered from a lack of self-esteem. I don't want to be that important. It was just one of the most exciting times of my life. When every day from two months, I ran down to the mailbox to see which state wrote me. That was 62 years ago, and I still remember the excitement today as if it was yesterday. And when I got a packet in the mail, the first thing I did when I got the response is I looked at the return address. I see which state wrote me, and I went to a map, and it was the thrill that someone in that state took the time to write me. I mean, anyone here, anyone here that's eight or nine or 10 or 11 or 12 years old, that's a good project for you to do. You'll get 50 letters back in the mail. I think you will. Mom and dad, that's a good project for you to do with your son or your daughter. Grandma, grandpa, that's a good project to do with your grandkids. It's so much fun. The anticipation, the checking the mail every day, it's a lot of work. Then the excitement when those letters start to roll in. You know how exciting it is to get personal, individualized letter in the mailbox, the thrill of, you got mail, but only real mail, especially when it's handwritten. That's just very exciting. 
And what's the first thing you do when you get mail? You do the same thing. You look at the return address. You want to, you want to see how far did that letter come from? That's what I did. I had a map of the U.S. And, I, and I'd say, oh, it came all the way from there. You know, if you got a letter that came from Tanzania, that's something that, that very special about that letter. You might look at that envelope and you might see how beat up it is and you might wonder how many people handled this letter before it reached me. And when you see who wrote the letter, when you see who wrote you, that's a time when you might even feel a certain link, a certain connection with that person who wrote you that moment. You would imagine that person sat down, that person just thought of you on their mind, that thought of the person thought about what he wanted to say to you. Then he crafted the words to express what he wanted to say. Then he wrote the thing in the form of a letter. And then you're holding in your hand you're holding Atlanta, and you think, boy, it took a lot of trouble for him to write that letter, write that envelope, put that postage on it, put it in the mail, and there you are holding it in your hand. And, and, and you know that when you have it in your hand, it's more than just a letter, it's an expression of the heart. And someone sat down to write that to you, and you want to give that person the same respect, the same attention that he gave to you when he wrote that letter. So you take the letter and you don't just sit there and read it at the mailbox, you take it to a quiet place where you can put all your attention into reading that letter as you sit down and you read the letter that was written just for you. Now imagine that God has sent you a letter and he's done just that. Only instead of the letter, coming in a paper envelope, he sent the letter to us in this form, a book called the Bible. And in the same way as getting a personal letter in the mail, God has made his Bible to be personal, personal letter to each one of us. And then in the same way, before we open the, uh, a letter and we first look at the return address to see the sender, we pick up the Bible. Before we open it, we look at the Bible and we realize this letter came a long way from heaven to us. And just like we look at the envelope and we wonder how far did that letter come? How many people handled that letter? We do the same thing with the Bible as we look and we see how God inspired prophets to transcribe his letter. And those prophets were in locations of the Sinai Desert, Israel, Turkey, Persia, Babylon, Greece, Rome, because those were all the places where the Bible was written by prophets who received it from God. And we say, wow. This Bible, this letter came to me all the way from heaven through Syria and Sinai and Israel and Turkey and Persia and Babylon and Greece and Rome all the way to me now. Wow. Just like I did when I got those letters from the States. And in the same way, we go from the return address on a letter to the name of the sender. We look at the Bible and we say, this letter came to us from God. God was the writer. And the same way when we get a personal letter in the mail, we feel a certain link 
with the sender before, and we feel when we read God's letter, the Bible, we have a particular connection with God as the sender, as the writer. And in the same way as with the personal letter, we think of the time that the sender had, when the sender had us in his mind, and the sender took the time to think about us and formulate his thinking into what he wanted to express to us, and then crafted his words and wrote it down on paper. And we realize how when God wrote the Bible, he had us in his mind, and he took the time to think about us, and he formulated his thinking about us, and he crafted his words perfectly to capture exactly what he wanted to say to us. And in the same way, when we get a personal letter and realize it's so special, we want to take it and go to a certain quiet place where we won't be distracted and where we can give that letter our total attention. It's only right because the writer took the time to do that for us. So we take the Bible as a letter that's so special to us, we go to a quiet place where we won't be distracted, where we can give it our complete attention. And the whole concept of receiving a letter from God is seen in verse 1 of Zechariah 7, verse 1. Verse 1, the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah. That's like Zechariah is checking his mailbox every day. He's waiting, he's hoping, he's anticipating for that letter from God, just like I did when I from those 50 states. And then one day, the letter came, and that was such a special day for Zechariah, just as it was for me, when every day, that one day, that letter came from that state. Just as it was for me when I was eight years old, and it was such a special day, I got a reply from that state that I went down and so excited, my mom and I wrote down the date, I got that letter from this state, and I put it on the list. And Zechariah did exactly the same thing. He wrote down the date when he got his special letter from God. He wrote it down in verse one. Verse one, when he said, the fourth year of the King Darius that the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah in the fourth day of the ninth month, even in Kislev. That'd be year four of the year of Darius. That'd be the month Kislev, Kislev, and on day four. That was the date when Zechariah got his special letter from God, which by the way, was about two years after his first vision in Zechariah 1.1, Zechariah 1.1. And when Zechariah got that communication from God, he sprung into action. He sprung into action in verse two. He says, when they had sent, when they had sent into the house of God, Sherazah, Regamelech, and their men to pray before the Lord, Zechariah sent two men, very important men, very high-ranking men into the house of God. Those men took their men with them to the house of God for one purpose, and that was to pray before the Lord. Specifically, it says in verse two, and in Zechariah 8.21, and so in verse two, seven, two, and in, in Zechariah 8.21 and 22, uh, Zechariah 8.21 and Zechariah 8.22, and this verse in Verse two, they were to pray before the Lord. That's an interesting phrase, pray before the Lord. 
As a matter of fact, Zechariah is the only person in the Bible that is using that phrase, pray before the Lord. It's one thing to just pray. It's another thing to pray before the Lord. What does that mean, pray before the Lord? To pray before the Lord is to know that as you pray, his eye is on you and that your eye is on him. You are before the Lord. This prayer before the Lord is going to be our eternal practice as believers in heaven. So we want to make sure that we get trained down here. It's part of our training for reigning, as Pastor Jim used to say, what we'll be doing in heaven. Because David wrote about that in Psalm 72, Psalm 27.4. Psalm 27.4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. When it says that, to inquire in his temple, that brings out how prayer is not just what wilt thou do for me. Prayer is also what wilt thou have me to do for thee. Now, it turns out that when Zechariah sent these men into the house of God to pray, that he gave them a question, a certain question. He didn't just say, go pray. He said, find out the answer to this question. And the question is verse three. Verse three, he says, you go to speak unto the priests which were in the house of the Lord of hosts and to the prophets saying, should I weep in the fifth month separating myself as I have done these so many years? The fifth month was important for them along with the whole group of Israel there. The fifth month was important for prayer and fasting and weeping, as was also the fourth month and the seventh month and the tenth months of the year because those were the months when all Israel fasted and they were called out those months the fourth, the fifth, the seventh, the fifth, the tenth months were called out in verse 19, Zechariah 8, 19, Zechariah 8, 19. You get those four months. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the fast of the fourth month and the fast of the fifth and the fast of the seventh and the fast of the tenth shall be to the house of Judah, joy and gladness, cheerful feast. Those were four fasts during the year. Those were set times for four fasts in the year, in the months four, five, seven, and 10. What were those? Month four was the fast for when Jerusalem was destroyed. Jeremiah 52. Jeremiah 52.6, Jeremiah 52.6. And in the fourth month and the ninth day of the month, the famine was sore in the city so that there was no bread for the people of the land. Then the city was broken up and all the men of war fled and went forth out of the city by night by the way of the gate between the two walls, which is by the king's garden. Chaldeans were by the city round about. They went by the state of the plain. That was month four, the destruction of the city of Jerusalem. Month five, Month five was when the temple was burned. That's given to us in Jeremiah 52.12, Jeremiah 52.12. Now in the fifth month, month five, 
In the fifth month, in the tenth day of the month, which was the 19th year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came Nebuzaradan, captain of the guard, which served the king of Babylon on Jerusalem, and burned the house of the Lord and the king's house and all the houses of Jerusalem and all the houses of the great men burned he with fire. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.